Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly Podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews, coming to you all the way from the city of New Jersey. You heard me right, the city of New Jersey. I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis. Joining me, he's the chef of police. Chef of police. My co-host, Dave Trumbor. David, 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 how you doing? I'm, I'm okay. Are you doing okay over there? You sound confused to I, say the least i i'm enjoying yeah. what i'm saying and there's also a portion of me that wants to make sure that people are like uh-oh it's the state of new jersey sean i know i was born in the state of new jersey <laughs> we like to do I got a little cover. check we're every fine once in a while. on that yeah we're in right now the city of new jersey and dave yeah. is the chef not the chief he is the chef of police i got my butcher knife ready to go that's you know. weird well, I mean, you're a chef of police. You get a, a standard issue butcher knife in the city of New Jersey. <laughs> Have you never heard of that? Uh, no. City of New Jersey police, uh, especially the chef, uh, comes equipped with a butcher knife. Standard practice, honestly. What Are detectives just called detectives? I don't know that there are any detectives okay, in the good. city of New Jersey. <laughs> I think it's all just random cops and the occasional, like, sometimes you'll get a name. Sometimes they'll just be generic police. Uh you haven't asked about uh, the gentleman behind me and the uh, the sunburst of color that's going on behind me. And I apologize to our audio listeners. This is very much a video podcast today, so you may want to pop on over to YouTube and check well, it out there. I, I will even say that today is an extremely special episode. Yes. Because this is coming out October 3rd. Correct. You listen to this Saturday, October 3rd, the first time that this is available. A couple days ago, we had something that was announced online. Dave, yeah. that is kind of a big deal for us yeah and we've been doing this show for over six years now yeah we have 320 some episodes in our in our total lineup which is crazy it's it's bananas so we have a lot of stuff that's out there we talk about cartoons and a lot of cases we'll review and we'll either love a cartoon or we'll crap on a cartoon yeah. or we'll simply say hey uh Spend your time elsewhere <laughs> yes. or, or look at this other media that's <laughs> completely separate and to the side. Today is the first time that we're actually talking about something that we as Saturday morning cartoons have actually created. Yeah, this is an original production that literally no one else in the world has because we made it. And that is a weird thing for us to even think about, especially after 300 some episodes of covering other people's cartoons from, you know. 70 years worth of cartoon history or more and now it's 2020 and uh this is the best thing to happen in 2020 uh to me personally i guess so <laughs> i feel i feel pretty confident in saying that because it's been a real crap year so it's not a not a high bar to clear here but no this is this is incredible for us because it's something we've talked about on many many episodes just kind of as like a pipe dream without any real kind of like firm plan in mind we've always wanted to do this and this year it all just kind of came together and we'd love right. to share it with our, our listeners and viewers out there. And we a special uh, thanks and shout out to our Patreon supporters who have been with us for years now. Because it, it may not seem like it, but that seed money helped us to form our LLC. So we actually have Saturday Morning Cartoons LLC, a somewhat professional organization, which is basically Sean and myself. And through that, we are able to produce what you're about to see, a 30-second animated teaser which will hopefully lead to something uh, bigger and better beyond that. But it's a great kind of proof of concept. And that's just like literally the tip of the butcher's knife here. So you referenced our Patreon. Yeah. So there's a couple things. 
for anybody listening or anybody watching us right now that I think is is, is extremely important. Sure. One, we're going to have call to action. It's not on Patreon. Don't worry. It's on the other site, yeah. Kickstarter. Don't listen to me. Listen to Sean. It's on, it's on Kickstarter. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like we have our patron, Patreon for Saturday morning, but you can go and you can support this effort and what you're about to see on Kickstarter. So Dave, there there is a Kickstarter, correct? Absolutely, yeah. You guys can go over to the Kickstarter right now. We'll have the links and everything down below for you. You guys know how the internet works, how links work. You're the best. You've got it figured out. We'll have that all set up for you, but we wanted to bring this to the podcast because we produced it. We are currently kind of, we're backing the Kickstarter to begin with, and we want this to just be the beginning of something huge uh, in the future. So we wanted to bring it to you guys kind of as a thank you for helping us do this in the first place. And also as a, please support this because we put a lot of effort behind it. And uh, we want to see it, we want to see it grow, get a new audience, kind of reward the existing audience for this, this thing that we haven't even named or talked about yet, but we'll get there. Right. We'll get there. So, I mean, I, I almost want to say we keep talking about watching it. So without further ado, should, should we get to the actual clip? Let's get to it. Can I tell you right now what, the most exciting part of this is for me sure is that out of all the 300 plus episodes that we have this will be the first one that nobody can actually say i can't believe that you didn't link to the actual source material because yeah. we, we own, own it. it we own it it's in here <laughs> watch Don't it as worry. many times as you want i'm waiting i'm waiting for youtube to be like you know what this violates copyright, copyright like, but we own it <laughs> it's like no no it says it was produced by saturday morning cartoons llc that's not we good. are that we llc are YouTube robot who's listening to us oh, right now. you stupid bots <laughs> but yeah uh you want to roll that beautiful uh iron footage bean footage yeah. Did you almost... <laughs> i don't think there's a <laughs> bean in there <laughs> might have been bush's big beans <laughs> they're a sponsor of the show i wish let set us up dave sure Set us up and then take us away. I kind of, I don't even want to set this up. I just kind of want to want this to play uh, to let you guys know what you're about to see because you're going to have a million questions anyway. I'd rather knock them out after you're introduced to whatever is about to happen in front of you. Let's do it. Let's do it. There was. There it is. There was. Iron Face. You're going to have questions. You got questions. We're gonna have, we got answers. We're going to have some answers. Some answers. Yeah. A little bit. That's your new nightmare, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. One I've been wrestling with for months. <laughs> but you can probably can see you? here, too, there's this guy behind me. Uh, if you head on over to the Kickstarter, you'll see this in full size. So he's not just squishing my head between his mighty, mighty fists. <laughs> but I do kind of like the aesthetic I've got going on there. That's fun. <laughs> My favorite part about watching this is that any longtime listener yeah. knows the question that we're probably going to ask right now early in the show. Right. Who would Bobby Anthem be? Where would we cast Bobby Anthem sure. in Iron Face right now? And Dave, yeah. we got answers. We do have answers. Like normally, so Bobby, you know, a longtime listener, best friend of the show, all around great guy. 
Bobby normally reads our synopses for us and does it way better than we ever could. Um, He's the best. Honestly, probably should just host this entire show way better than we ever could, but... We've been trying to give it away. <laughs> he just, he's like, I'm good. Synopsis, like, I don't, I don't I'm good. It. I don't really want that. <laughs> he's got like three podcasts going anyway. He's busy enough. Um, True. But when I was kind of somewhat casting uh, the only spoken line in this teaser, I was like, <laughs> Bobby, like, I can't do it. Like, no one else is going to do it. It's Bobby. So that's Bobby Anthem. Iron Face is Bobby Anthem. Right. And vice versa. Perfect. Bobby Anthem is Iron Face. Everything that we've ever talked about, we, we, we've we had an initiative, yeah. which is Animate Bobby Anthem. Yeah. And we have had a friend of the show, Brian, has actually animated and has drawn Bobby Anthem in sort of almost a, like a Bob's Burger right. aesthetic. But now we actually have animated Bobby Anthem into a cartoon. As, as a brutal this, psychopath murdering <laughs> serial killer. Thanks, Bobby. I just figured, we, I figured we'd get to this point in the podcast yeah. where we would do this. And then we would just announce, we're like, we're going into retirement. Yep. We we set out. The objective was always secretly to just animate Bobby Anthem, stop, drop. That was it. Shut him down. Achievement close him up shop. Yeah. yeah, we're finished. We're done. done. This is it. This is the last you'll ever see or hear of us. No, it was, it was one of those things where, A, I got to be, I mean, I got to be producer. I got to be casting director. I got to be kind of whatever with this project. Um, and we will talk more about how this kind of came together to give you guys kind of the behind the scenes on that too. You're probably interested in some of the nuts and bolts of how this came together because no, neither Sean nor myself did not animate this thing. We paid other people to do it. What are you crazy? No, we don't know what we're doing. We, we have other people who, who can do that for us. And thankfully they're much more talented than we are at these kinds of things. But when I, when I was like, you know what? Iron Face has to speak and has to have this presence and has to have that one kind of line delivery that just seals the whole deal. Bobby, like immediately. And he's not the only person who has spoken that line. So maybe we should talk a little bit about, uh, give us, give us some history. Yeah. Cause there's the, the, I, I think if we go back, if we like Wayne's world, like, you know, kind of go back <laughs> in time for a second. <laughs> what was the Genesis sure. for this? And, and we should also preface this that for longtime listeners, if you're just like, Oh man, are they going to do a good, the bad and the LOL for this? We're actually not. No. This is going to be me more just interviewing Dave who really kind of had the seed of this idea and has been there and has helped take it to fruition. Uh, me, on the other hand, I, I have been a contributing member. Yeah, no, nope, there's this. no need for a question it, mark it, there. We're no, no. It's, I, well, I always question myself. So, but it, I've been a contributing member yeah. for a lot of this. But Dave has done an excellent job. Thank you. Spearheading this from start to finish, and we've and when we get to the. At some point, when we get to the the point to talk about this, we've been supported by a lot of friends yes. and friends of the show as well that we'll have a chance to shout out to. But for this, Dave, this whole Iron Face, my new nightmare, what was really the genesis for all of this for you? Yeah, absolutely. So it, uh, to be clear, this is not an original creation from either Sean or myself. This is an adaptation of an existing work from a Twitch streamer by the name of Dan Paul, uh, better known as Sour Kool-Aid Show. If you're not familiar with Dan Paul or Sour Kool-Aid Show, I highly recommend uh, checking out that Twitch channel. But to give you a bit of background, this story actually is probably 40-ish years old. Because Dan wrote these stories when he was a kid. So, steeped in 80s pop culture, comic books, horror movies, slasher films, Jason Voorhees, Rambo, you know, Terminator, all that stuff. Yeah. Misspellings, misspellings, which Look. are rampant and beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful mistake. It's so great. I, 
the improviser portion of my brain is like, this is what you yeah. want in every show. Yeah. These little these little things that are embraced and used and adapted. So just perfect. And that like if you've if you've listened to the stories, if you've had the the opportunity to read these stories or you followed along with Iron Face for the past five or six years since he's been sharing them on his Twitch stream and other people's Twitch communities as well. That's one of the like beautiful parts of these stories. They were written by a kid, Dan, when he was a child, from the ages between like seven and thirteen. So they get, you know, progressively a little more mature as far as like the storytelling goes, but he was still about ten years old when he was writing these things. So that's why you get things like the city of New Jersey, because he grew up in Montana. Uh, you get <laughs> things like cops with butcher knives, because as a kid, you're like, yeah, it makes sense that these cops had standard issue butcher knives. That's why you get things like the chef of police, because he spelled chief wrong, but we left it <laughs> in the story. The thing about this adaptation, though, too, everything's going to be pretty much a direct adaptation. We're not messing with his his style, his spellings. We're not messing with the flow of his story. Everything is a direct, almost translation from page to either screen or to the pages of a comic book. So that's something we wanted to keep intact. But how did these stories that are 40 some years old, how did they survive to the modern day? Like, do you have any of your original kind of like, I don't know if you drew superheroes or cars or what did you do as a kid that was like a creative pursuit that maybe your your mom still holds on to? Right. I did a lot of comic yeah. style panel drawings yeah. all the time and then ink them and they were nice. they were bad sure of course uh and but they were fun you know I, I couldn't spell certain words and so i remember I, I wrote a comic that was essentially samus aran from the metroid mm -hmm. series but i couldn't quite draw that character so i i just made it something that sort of looked similar right. and instead of a bazooka which i couldn't spell I called it something like a bizooka, and I just spelled it phonetically. So it was a disaster, yeah. but it was something that I super enjoyed. Doing. And we're going to kickstart that project next. It's going to be the next comic book on this, on this show. Did you or your mom save them, though, by any chance? I think my mom might have the one or, or two that I, I think I did, but I, I did a lot of drawing. I did a lot of doodling. It was... I've recently gotten back into it now yeah. that I have an iPad oh, Pro yeah, yeah. and Procreate, and so I've been drawing and, and sketching a lot more. It's been fun, but I don't know that a lot of my stuff, I know things of mine from college, a lot of my art projects from college as a studio arts minor right. uh, persisted. I still have them. Like I, a lot of the old paintings and some of the, yeah. the stuff that I did back then, sketches, like design classes, those remain. But going the further back, back to like you a, go, like the yeah, less further the back, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Same thing for me. Like I used to, I remember laying on the floor of like the living room sometimes like my grandparents living room or whatever. And just like having that notepad out and just drawing, I would draw like, like superheroes and supervillains that I just dreamed up. I never took that another step further and actually built like a story around them. They were always sort of like the Marvel collectors cards that you would have. Yeah. I would make my own like page size cards. If my mom saved any of them, I'm sure they look horrific. They would look awful <laughs> because they were, cause I was like six, but I love that Dan's mom, uh, sour Kool-Aid mom. She's actually uh, often in the chat as well on the Twitch community. She saved all these. She put them in like in plastic. She preserved them. And he's got like 50 some stories. Now they're not necessarily all Iron Face. There are other things like horror stories. There are like werewolf detective stories. There's a, a series of horror stories called like Under the Rug. Just a ton of stuff like that that he's come up with. Because his idea was, he thought as a kid, he could write these stories, kind of collate them, put them together, and then like put them in a binder out in his garage and open up almost like a little uh, pop-up shop 
that his friends on the neighborhood could come. They could give him a dollar, rent the comic, take it home and read it, and then bring it back the next day like a blockbuster. Oh, my God. So that was his idea. So this Kickstarter is all about doing that for him. It's about making this into a professionally produced comic book that not only Dan and his mom will get to enjoy, like, here's a thing that actually happened 30 years later, but something that will reward everybody from the uh, the Twitch communities, too, have been following Iron Face for five or six years. It is surprisingly brutal and bloody and gory when you read the stories. It's also very, like, very clean language because he didn't swear as a kid. So anytime, like, <laughs> hell or anything comes up, it's like, heck. So it's like this guy is just, like, brutally murdering everybody in the most ridiculous ways a nine-year-old can think of. But he's also very, like... He's like stomping on cigarettes so people don't smoke. It's like a, like an anti-smoking ad in the middle of just killing 127 people. It's <laughs> There's something about the humor. If you guys have watched Axe Cop, if you know the story behind Axe Cop, very similar thing going on here. Just a, obviously a very different character. It's almost the other side of the, uh, the, the thin blue line, I guess, from Axe Cop. Ooh. But yeah, that's a, in a nutshell where everything started. Um, a ton more content out there. We are going back for this Kickstarter and here's the thing. If you laugh at this, you'll kind of understand what we're going for with the, the comedy of Iron Face. This is the very first story. So it's Iron Face number one. He's back. <laughs> so it's the first story of the series. He's back. That kind of sets up the humor for the rest of the story to follow. And uh, we think it's a fantastic star. I can't wait to see how this Kickstarter goes. I can't wait to hear a good, the bad, and the LOL from people out there uh, for that little teaser. I'd love for us to actually produce this uh, actual episode and then have people give us their good, bad, and LOL reviews of it. I could not be happier to see that. Oh, no, that'd be, be super fun. So get ready. Yeah. Get ready to take a major blow, Ego. Yeah. You can't crap on 300 plus cartoons and expect to not get shot down when you make something yourself. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way it's going to be perfect, but this is definitely a labor of love. What I, what I love about yeah. this, though, is that because it was written in the 80s by a child... It's not going to be politically correct in the year 2020. So you kind of we're taking it warts and all. And uh, the the safety on our end is like if anybody has really strong criticisms about it, you're basically directing them at a nine year old child from 30 years ago. So there's not really much we could do about it. Um, but I love the idea that like we are taking this little time capsule of a story and bringing it kind of into 2020 to see just what the heck was going on in this kid's head uh, 30 years ago. And there's some crazy stuff. I can't wait to oh, show man. to everybody. Now, yeah. this teaser trailer that we've created yeah. has a very distinct look and feel to yes. it. And I, I can't help but almost compare this to some more modern cartoons okay. that we have seen out there that almost kind of felt like it's obviously very hard because this source material came out the 30, 40 years ago. And then we've had more modern cartoons sure. that might have felt like it's similar in the same vein, but they obviously didn't inspire what sour Kool-Aid was creating right. for this cartoon. So there's, there's a part of it that when you watch this, when you watch the completed version for the first time, were there other cartoons that this immediately, uh, you identified with that you thought of that you were like, Oh crap, this is, in the same vein as this other thing that I saw. And we talk about sort of the familiarity and the recognizability of a lot of cartoons yeah. in terms of like bringing an audience in and making them feel comfortable. And we've talked about that actually a lot more recently yeah. uh, with a couple shows. So what was, how did, how did you feel? Was there, was there anything that you noted when you watched this final completed 
teaser. So it's funny because it's, it's normally like when we are just consuming things that other people have made. Yeah. We have those conversations about like, oh yeah, it kind of reminds me of like this or that. When you're the one making it, it's weird because you have to have that before you see anything, you have to have some kind of template, some kind of comparison in mind. So when I was talking to the guys at uh, angry metal studios, who were the, this, the animation studio behind this teaser, uh, Luis Hunkera and, uh, Enol Hunkera, uh, Hunkera boys, as I call them, Hunkera brothers over in Spain. Um, fantastic to work with, by the way, incredible to work with because very responsive. They immediately got the kind of tone of this thing. As you can see, uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of steps in the genesis of the making of this thing. I, I saw an animatic from them, which you can see on the Kickstarter page. And I was immediately like, Oh, they a hundred percent get this. They know exactly what we're going for. <laughs> so things we talked about as far as like, uh, sources of inspiration, streets of rage was a big one. So the streets of rage, uh, uh game series, you've got the, like the techno colored, like punks with the Mohawks. And you've just got like brutal street violence. You've got just like overly muscled, ridiculous proportioned characters. And that's pretty much iron face. So we talked about that. Uh, I kind of describe Iron Face as Jason Voorhees meets the Terminator because it's kind of that gives you a, a solid kind of idea. It also steeps you in that 80s pop culture where he came from. Um, but I had seen a lot of the, the work from Angry Metal Studios before and the Hunkara Brothers before. They've done a lot of work with Adi Shankar, who actually helped get us set up with the studio. So thank you to Adi. Um, and for folks who don't know, Adi is a producer behind the Dread live action movie a few years back. And also Castlevania. So if you happen to like Castlevania, you have Adi Shankar to thank for getting the ball rolling with that. Clearly a lot of other people involved, but Adi is kind of the, the first person to get that moving, get that rolling yeah. and bringing that to Netflix for three seasons plus now. So thank you again, Adi. Um, and, and, yeah. you know, when you watch, when you watch our teaser trailer, you're just like, Hey, there's a lot of violence that's in Castlevania. Yeah. And then there's also a lot of violence that's in this too. <laughs> oh, okay. How about that? But but it. that was the thing is like, so Adi Shankar has this, uh, what he calls his bootleg universe. So he'll take some popular properties like Pokemon, Power Rangers, Mr. Rogers, and just put a, like a twist on it that just skews it and changes it slightly so that he'll either animate it. Sometimes it's live action projects. Um, and then put it kind of on his own YouTube channel and just kind of does his own personal thing with it. He doesn't really look to franchise things. He doesn't really look to serialize things. He has an idea for uh, a pop culture poke that he wants to take. He produces it and then moves on to the next thing. So I knew from watching the previous work from Angry Metal Studios who made um, a Judge Dredd. Uh, Super Fiend. Super Fiend. Thank you. Yeah. Made that. And I was like, okay, like everything about that works. You know, 2000 AD, uh, like everything about that works for Iron Face. That works really well. I would like. I basically only reached out to Adi to ask for some quotes to get an idea of like, where do I even start with a production? What is this going to cost me? What is a normal thing to expect to pay for like a minute or, a, or 30 seconds of animation? And he very, you know, and I, I'd been working with Adi for almost 10 years now on various projects. He very much just said like, here's a direct connection to these guys. You can kind of like open a line of communication. So that just immediately opened the door. And then the ball was rolling after that. I was more in like exploratory phase at that point. I wasn't thinking like committed to doing this thing. I was like, let's, let's just see what our options are. Let's see if we can actually do this. And then he was like, here they are. I said, well, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. So let's just <laughs> go with it. And it's been fantastic. It's been a great ride ever since. And it's always great to get Adi to, to be able to, to give that personal recommendation yes. or sort of help influence that decision because as you mentioned he's worked with these 
with this group before. Yeah. He's worked with Angry Metal Studios. He knows what to expect. If this is your first time getting involved with finding out quoting, you know, which is hard, yeah. you know, if you've never if you've never gotten into animation before and had like a professional studio yeah. actually create something, guess what? It's expensive. It's expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. It's very expensive. That's why we're kickstarting uh, it. That's why we're kickstarting <laughs> it. That's why that's why we did some of this in advance yeah. to help further exactly. this. Exactly. Proof along. of concept stuff, yeah. Right. So, you know, it's it's expensive, but you also want to make sure that you're working with somebody that's not only going to be reputable, but you have that personal connection and you you've seen and you've appreciated work because I remember back when you had originally mentioned yep. and talked about Adi and, and sort of working with him previously, you had sent me super fiend yeah. and said, watch this, see how you feel about yeah. it. Let's talk about it afterwards. And I loved every minute. Of yeah. it. I'm a bit, I, I enjoy judge dread. Even the Stallone version. I just enjoy dread. Just living in, in that general. world somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's super weird. Even the comic books every yes. once in a while, like I'll pick one up and I'll read it. And so to see this take, I was, you know, it was super fluid, super bizarre, focused on sort of the the weird undead aspect of the Dread right. story uh, in relationship to his brother. And so for me, I was like, these are things that I, I don't know that I've gotten to in the cartoon, but I'm immensely enjoying everything that's in here. Yeah. So wildly entertaining can't believe that we had an opportunity to work with the same group. and that was the thing it was like it it's kind of a trope but it's always about the connections and the personal relationships that you make and then maintain so they always say it's not what you know it's who you know and in this case it, it really was i mean i've i've been doing i've been working for collider for 10 years i've i've been working collaborating with adi usually just for like various press things but we'll have you know conversations talking about stuff um interviews things like that for the last like eight years so this is a culmination of almost, you know, a decade worth of work experience and relationship building. And it all kind of comes together in this, not to mention, you know, the six years of our, our podcast here talking about it. So, right. you know, Adi knew that I wasn't just some random person looking for a handout. The Angry Metal Studios guys knew that Adi wasn't just referring some random person looking for a handout. And I knew that <laughs> Adi is, is, you know, well-versed and experienced in the industry and that this studio produces quality stuff. So it was actually like a really nice triangle that just every side was kind of firmed up and it was just kind of like, yeah, let's do it. And I'd love to go back to those guys to like actually give them a big paycheck and um, get them to, to fully produce the whole thing. Cause that would just be like a dream. I couldn't imagine talking about that in like, I don't know, a year or more and just being like, here's a full episode to check out. Right. I don't know, man. Yeah. That's the dream. I, I mean, well, you, you bring me, you bring me to the dreams yeah. section, but we'll, we're, we're going to get to that in dreams. a little bit. Cause I think there are, I think there are a couple dreams that we have that are going along this line, but you know, you mentioned sort of Adi to Angry Metal. Mm -hmm. What happened in the process then? Because I, I know being on the side sure. of the emails and sort of getting some of the, the screenshots and animatics and stuff, right. I have that familiarity. But, you know, once you kind of had locked a lot of this in place, I, we know that you kind of had talked and had that discussion about, you know, Streets of Rage and a lot of the inspiration. Right. For me, there's still a part of it that I see the TurboGrafx-16 oh, yeah. video game Splatterhouse. Sure, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever played Splatterhouse. Uh they're like I see so much of it and it's so fun and, and having having been born and still having family in New Jersey the city or the state or all, the town uh <laughs> it, the state okay good <laughs> so so seeing all of like the fun nods to stuff about New Jersey was intensely and and very rewarding for me on a personal level yeah. but once you once you sort of provided some of that source material to give angry metal context 
and had that conversation, what what happened next? Yeah, sure. So I, I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention that there wasn't only pop culture stuff that we drew from. There was also the artwork from from this guy who you see behind me. There's a poster artist, fantastic, by the name of Torin Thomas. And he's yes. been he's made all of the Iron Face posters so far. That's right. This isn't the first one. This is just the one that I commissioned because I wanted to see more <laughs> art from this guy. This is kind of what got the ball rolling for the whole Kickstarter idea, the animated teaser, the comic book, everything. I wanted Torrin to make a new poster. I wanted him to go back to the first story. And then I was like, there's something here. If you look at this full poster, you can see there's something to it that I'm just like, I don't want this to just be it. There's more to it. So I sent them the poster work from Torin for the previous three that he did, uh, adapting other stories from Dan. And I sent that to the Angry Metal guys. So they had an idea of what Iron Face, like the physique, because it's it's imposing, man. This dude is enormous, bigger than anyone has any right to be. Um, he's got, you know, the metal, literal metal mask just like stamped onto his face. Uh, sometimes he has a giant satchel full of guns behind him. Sometimes he has a, a super tight T-shirt that says, I heart New Jersey. So... All of that stuff they incorporated into the uh, the teaser. So they pulled from the stories from Dan, the poster work from Torin, and 80s pop culture in general. But, like Sean mentioned, having all that stuff and, and getting together, bringing an idea together, being happy with the animatics, signing off on the character design, seeing the early rough work come back, and then trying to tweak timing. We had to tweak timing. We had to tweak a little bit of uh, some different camera angles to make sure that what was happening in the teaser, basically the explosion, to make sure that that was clear to make sure things didn't, uh, things flowed right, things had the right timing, uh, especially for when you see Iron Face throw a flaming skull and uh, it hits a guy swinging a bat and it basically just like distends him. We wanted to linger on that a little bit more. In, a, in an early pass, it just kind of like, Bleh! it happened and then he was gone. I was like, no, Shot no, 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 no. Right through Shot right through him. It was like a blink. Just a blink and, and his guts it. were gone. And I said, you know, their animatic actually had that, it lingered a bit longer. It did like a bullet time thing where he was like, and just kind of pulled apart and lingered. And I said, I want that. I want to go back to that. So little things like that happen. But there are so many other things that go into uh, an animated production. Sometimes you don't think about music. Sometimes you don't think about background sound effects. Uh, you have to if you're making something from scratch. So that was something that we worked through and we learned uh, along the way too. So I definitely want to have some call-outs here for our uh, directors were Luis and Enol Hunkera. The animators who, you know, put uh, a pen to screen here on the work were uh, Juanma Laguna and Marcos Bango, who worked on the actual animation of it. And then we had our background artist, uh, Sergio Abalo, who uh, made all the settings of uh, the city of New Jersey and brought that to life for us. But without the music and the sound effects, it it would just be, you know, kind of an empty thing. You wouldn't have that gut punch. And I don't know about you, your first reaction to when we put all the sound effects and music together. But for me, like, I love the animatic. I love the finished animation. But when that music and the sound effects came in, I was like, holy shit, this is something now. Yeah. What was your kind of reaction? It, it, yeah. I mean, it is. I, I mean, I like yeah. I like metal. I like hardcore music. I like a lot of scream. And so to kind of have something like this kick in at that specific kind of like <laughs> yes. literally skull crunching <laughs> yes. moment. Yeah. It, it, it just was so well-timed and so well-placed. And I think it does a great job of sort of setting the mood that this is this is going to be a metal cartoon. Yeah. This is going to be a weirder version of metal. And that's that's another touch, touchdown, exactly. Yeah. So for me, I was like, sign me up. I'm, I'm ready just from these power chords. Exactly. And we want to have another shout out for uh, the music by Bruno Suarez and Luis Formoso. 
at uh, O13 Studios, and also the sound design by Marcos Cabal at Flexiva Sound. So all that is going to be credited in our uh, show notes, along with the link down here. But we want to make sure that everybody gets their proper attribution, too, because everybody put in a ton of like quality work on this, and we couldn't be happier with the way it came out. Right. It's awesome. So now that we've kind of gone through, and, and, and it is that iterative process yeah. where, like you mentioned, you get some animatics, then they go in and they, they add more texture, they add more background, uh, they, they tighten up some of the, the keyframing sequences because, you know, it wouldn't be an SMC show with us saying there could have been some jank could there some and jank. we got rid of the jank. <laughs> and so tweaking, tweaking those keyframes to, yeah. yeah, to get rid of, like turning the yeah. jank down, the jank knob down uh, to really kind of make it a little bit of a smooth transition. But then, like you mentioned, sort of the, the timing to make sure that on that distended body yeah. that you... You get to kind of breathe and take that in for, for a second. Yeah. yeah. A little, little linger. So that is interesting. How many iterations did it take, Dave, from original animatic to finished sequence for the teaser? Yeah, it really wasn't that many because, like I said, yeah. we, we kind of – and I've, I've talked to enough animators now, um, especially showrunners and writers who – do a storyboarding script. So they don't have like a written script. Uh, Gendy Tartakovsky famous for doing that. Everything he makes is just storyboarded and then they just run with it, um, which works really well for his style. It doesn't work for like a lot of the mass produced shows and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking to get an Emmy, we get it. Yeah, we get it. And I hope <laughs> get it primal. Yeah, get it. Uh, and welcome back primal. Um, so a lot of this stuff was in an early script stage first, where honestly, because I wanted everything in this, I sent them probably like two pages and I was like, now put that all in 30 seconds. And they were like, all right, here's how it's going to work. <laughs> and we went back and forth. And that was very much a learning experience for me because n not being an animator and not knowing really the timing of how all that works. I had this idea of like Iron Face's origin story. You were going to see the cops actually like haul him into jail, take a random piece of like a ragged metal that was laying there and then hammer it into his face. And then there was going to be a fight between Iron Face and the cops. And then Iron Face was going to steal one of their butcher knives and bust through the prison wall and run off into the woods, which is what happens in the story. You'll get to see that in the comic book and hopefully the animated series uh, to come. But I said, let's do that. And then the second half, and they were like, what are you talking about? Second half. <laughs> I was like, okay, here's another idea. What if we do Iron Face greatest hits? So he's had a ton of, of fights against uh, characters like John Carver, Matt, the gripper Townsend, the sword killer, uh, the old King, all kinds of super fun stuff that I cannot wait to show off. But they were just like, uh, let's start simple. And uh, and they were they were super professional about it. They were basically walking me through it because I was just like a super excited kid who wanted to see everything done immediately. And what we decided to come up with was this very focused fight scene, Streets of Rage style, punks in an alley being punks. And this dude shows up and just wrecks them. And they just did it in, I don't know, you saw it, just like as beautiful and brutal a way as they possibly could. So it started with that process first. Got the script kind of figured out, got an idea nailed down before they touched anything. It was maybe two or three uh, various steps in the animatics. So like a very rough one done to get kind of timing and the ideas down, tweak that a little bit. Then the animatic came back, which is honestly very close to what you see right now. As Sean and I already talked about, we did a little bit of back and forth as far as like timing, lingering on certain things, editing for pacing, because, you know, sometimes you have like a long space and it, it, seem, it seems like a good idea for like dramatic uh, silence or, or dramatic effect, but then it lingers a little bit too much. So we just 
tightened it up. I'd say overall maybe three to four for that that final thing because it right. was script, rough, animatic, with the music, and then adding the sound effects into it for like a finished, polished thing. But again, like we said before, when you're making something from scratch, that's just half of the process. You also need to do post so that you can actually properly credit everybody, which is why we brought in friend of the show. Tony Lazaro. Exactly. Yeah. Credit yes. elevator pictures. So, And it's it's very funny because, I, I mean, I've worked with Tony now for six or seven all years. All about relationships. On shooting, yeah. yeah. Shooting short films in the D.C. area, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland area. Right. Uh, we've done a lot of the 48 and 72 hour film festivals that have been here. Tony is one of my favorite people to write and shoot and watch edit right. because he uh, he understands the process and what he needs to shoot in order to edit things successfully. Gotcha. And so in his brain, as he's shooting something, he's already in Final Cut Pro in his brain. Right going through the process to figure out like I need these angles this is what I want to look for and when you're doing a, a 48 or a 72 hour film festival yep. challenge you don't have a ton of time to be able to say hey let's let's get all let's this coverage of this or that shots. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly let's let's go through and let's add this we need some of these cross angles you know this is uh, let's let's make sure that we get this just for cover right. and well, let's, let's get, get these three know, different deliveries of this line and all that. Yeah. You don't have time for that. No, yeah. it's like, let's get, especially if we're doing something that's like multi, uh, like if there's multiple teams in multiple locations, sure. it's, it's a nightmare sometimes. <gasps> so Tony was always able to, yeah, he, it, Tony was the old nightmare. Yeah. This, this is, is your new nightmare. Congratulations Tony for being our old nightmare. Congrats Tony. So, you know, there are just a there are a lot of things that kind of go into getting this all set up and watching Tony work was and is always super enjoyable to see him do this. And so it's, it's very funny because when you were just like, here's like two pages of things yeah. and like do it in 30 seconds. Yeah. Ours rule of our rule that we always had was that one full page of dialogue, whether it was, you know, uh, like notes um, about like stage direction right. or if it was dialogue. Typically, one page was always one minute. Yeah, and that's kind of like a standard screenwriting thing too, but yeah. And so it's uh, it's always fun to kind of go through and look at those things. Uh, because like you said, most of the times whenever we're writing or shooting anything, we were excited kids yeah. to do you this. You want to do everything, yeah. Within a 42 or 72 hour constraint, yeah. you've only got maybe between five to seven minutes that you can actually really do something. Because you got so a lot to get you, done and, and then fix it. If yep. you cannot convey your message yeah. in five to seven pages, you know, it, it. it's a nice opportunity to be able to say, how can I streamline the process? How can I streamline my writing? And how can I focus on something that is really going to come across and resonate and do it in the most concise fashion possible and it's hard yeah. it's very hard and this is also uh, one of those cases where you have to have an ego check too you have to trust your teammates you have to trust people around you you have to know yeah. your battles and when to pick them and when to like focus on stuff so like for this one i was very happy to follow the lead of uh, the guys at angry metal because they had the right idea for the presentation that we had uh that you ended up seeing that wasn't my idea that was the very much like their suggestion i was like let's let's run with it and see how it goes um the battles that i chose were things like how important Iron Face's uh, mask, even the number of rivets and the placement of them, very important to the community. It's kind of like a, it's like a canon thing. It's it's actually right. a very important thing for consistency. So things like that, you know, that's where I dug my heels in. Was like, you know, this needs to be done this way. 
I know it's probably a pain to animate those 14 rivets specifically in the spots that they need to be in, but they need to be there. Um, so it was a very collaborative process. Same thing with Tony. So Tony actually did all of our credits work for this teaser and he matched the, the tone, the visual look, the kind of uh, gritty kind of eighties film filter that's over the teaser is also over the credits. He's got kind of the, the, the shaky aesthetic kind of going. And we went back and forth with Tony about a, a few, not very many times, a couple times, just to kind of get the look for this thing that we thought matched. And as soon as Sean and I saw it, we were just like, yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> like immediately. Did it. Did it. Damn it. Yeah. So it was great. It was just great to see the, yeah. the various teams coming together to get this thing done, the, which this gives me a new perspective when I watch cartoon shows that are 12 minutes, 26 minutes, whatever they are. This is 26 second teaser with, you know, another 30 seconds of credits or so. Months worth of work, thousands of dollars went into it. Many relationships that have been cultivated over years and years and years. It really, it's one of those things where it's sort of like, once you do the thing that you've been sort of criticizing or, or reviewing or taking apart for years, it does put a new perspective on things. So that's why we built in the LOL to the good, the bad, and the LOL, because we know how much effort goes into these things. Yeah. And we appreciate the people who do it, even if the, the end product is not necessarily something that they hoped it would be at the beginning. But in our case, I feel really good about what we've come up with and uh, the journey to get here. It's been amazing. So you say the journey, yep. Dave, I think we're at the point now where you've talked a little bit about sort of the dreams. You've hinted at the idea of a comic book, but even an animated yeah. series. So now that the Kickstarter is live and has been live for three days, yep. what are our hopes and dreams for the future? Where would you like to take Sure. So again, uh, this is in collaboration with Dan Paul, Sour Kool-Aid Show, and the entire Twitch community. Also, Ezekiel III is another big Twitch streamer who I found Iron Face through Zeke, through watching Zeke's show. He was uh, he was reading one of one of Dan's stories, and uh, I just thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. And then I read and watched all of them on YouTube and Twitch, and that started this whole thing. And that was years ago. So. My my aspirations are, yes, first and foremost, get, get this uh, Kickstarter funded, and that is specifically for the comic book. So I want to make sure that everybody's clear. That's specifically for the, the professionally produced. We've got, you know, professional comic artists who are actually working on this thing uh, to bring that to life. The, the Shoot for the Moon is an animated episode of this thing because that's expansive, which we just talked about. Ooh. Even if they somehow manage to edit it down into like a 12-minute episode, that's expansive. We'd love to see that. Um, I don't expect the Kickstarter to get that. I would love it if you guys uh, did. If any of you hit the lottery and want to throw a couple hundred grand our way, we'd love you forever. We're still waiting on that trillion dollar cartoon uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. But in the meantime, we can start with a few hundred grand. Um, obviously, I would love to see for this. The low, low for the low, low price of a price. couple hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'd obviously love to see this episode animated because what we have right now is a proof of concept that we are able to take to other production companies, to fans out there who are like, I want to see more of this and I would be happy to pay in to help make this thing a thing. But to take it to that next, next level, that's going to require something like an HBO Max, a Warner Media, an Adult Swim, Cartoon Network. Hey, They're Adult all the same Swim. company, but you know. Uh, hey, what's up? Adult Swim. What's up? Hulu, How's it going? Netflix, anybody out there? Are we going to talk to Adult Swim? I'd love to be in a bidding war. That would be a dream. Um, oh, man. It, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm. Go we're going all in on this thing. So every contact I've ever made, you're going to hear from me. Uh, you're going to see this thing as many places as we can. Sean and I even brought Iron Face into some 
interesting forms of media that maybe you are, are not expecting. What magazine? What magazine? It might be a out? very popular horror-focused magazine that fans around the world love with Fangoria. Yeah. Iron Face is in Fangoria. And that is yeah, thanks to Sean, half, mostly. A, well, no. <laughs> that is very much thanks to Sean. Hey. That's amazing to me. Yeah, so we've got a we've got a half page yeah. ad in Fangoria that's going to be out in the month of October. Yep. You know, Fangoria, the October issue, it's pretty much like their Man. top that's issue their of the yeah, it's their <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and that's why we're like, this is perfect. Like everything's kind of lined up that way. So yeah, you flip through the pages of Fangoria, you're going to see our, our orange boy Iron Face sitting there. It's gonna be great. I hate the I hate the fact that like my my parallel that I drew is like it's like Bon Appetit's Thanksgiving episode. It's exactly or, like, like issue that. that they had. Yeah, that's where my brain. So it's Fangoria oh, and then Bon Appetit boy. and then actual Christmas and you're good to go. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> is there a Christmas magazine that we're gonna be? In? I guess. I want it. I want it. An Iron Face Christmas. I hope young Dan yeah. Paul wrote that story 30 years ago because uh, I would love to adapt that too. But that's the other thing is like yes, th- those are kind of the dreams and the hopes for this one particular story. Comic book, animated episode, hopefully get that to a series. But right. the maybe more uh, attainable goal, at least in the near term, is I'd love to do this again. I'd love to have one that's successful. I'd love to run this again next year. I'd love to get another story done, another comic, another poster from Torin, and an animated episode. That's, I mean, I would love this thing to be a franchise. And uh, Dan is, you know, on the on the same page. We're all on the same page for this. It's something that they've been talking about for years. We've been following for years. Every time they would read a story... Everybody in chat would be saying, this needs to be a comic book. This needs to be animated. Now's your chance. We've yeah. given you what Everybody we can. Who's been now's saying, your chance. This is a hope and dream. Yeah. And this is the direction that we want to go in. We're now asking you to mobilize and go over to Kickstarter and give us some money to make your dream a reality. Hey, even with the sharing, same source material. Yeah. Even sharing links, posting them on your social media, sending them to people who you're like, I know you don't know these guys, but you might be interested in this. I can't afford to put anything in right now. Totally fine. We would love for you yeah. to, at the bare minimum, just share this out with anybody that you can, if you think you'd be interested. Look, we're going to be real serious. Also give us $100,000. Yeah, a couple, couple hundred thousand dollars. 2020 has been a real dumpster fire. It's a fire. real bad David, year. I need this. We do. We need David, this. I really yeah. need David, I really need this. <laughs> Working away <laughs> to that really trillion dollar cartoon. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to make trying to make that cartoon money, which we've already made that podcast money, which let me tell you, gang, we're still going to need a couple hundred thousand dollars. We're still going to need a little help, yeah. But hey, man, it's out there for you guys to check out. So again, thank right. you so much for listening to this. And um, it's it's just been so surreal to uh, talk about this on the podcast that we created, too. It's it's weird. It hasn't really sunk in yet, but it's kind of weird as this monstrosity is just slowly crushing my skull behind me. There's no time it's for like flowers, a, by the way. It's like a... Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's like a weird graduation feeling where... It happens, yeah. and then the next day, people are just like, how does it feel? And you're like, no different, but I know a milestone occurred. Yeah, and um, I'm on so. to the next thing now, which is kind yeah. of like, so, it's a weird which almost is adult transition swim. area. Adult Swim, call us. Yeah. Adult Swim, get your phone and call us, and let's chat, and let's figure this out as a 12-minute episode. Yeah. What, what, are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Come on, let's, let's go. Make this, let's make this You special. got mine. You literally have my number. Call yeah. me. Yeah, you literally have hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> let's put a ring on it and make this official. Come on. I like it. You Put need a big around. ring. Look at the size of those hands. I look, I'm not saying it's a normal sized ring, all right? Yeah. It's like, it's like you know, a bracelet a... for a normal person. <laughs> Put a watch around it. Well, it looks like it's longer than that. That guy's Iron Face literally has what looks like hamburger hands. Don't, like they are just ooh, giant ham hocks. I'm waiting for Iron Face to walk hot back through that door behind Sean. It's going to be terrifying. And just knock me right through out the through the window. Yeah, 27 yeah. meters. Yeah. Uh, 
Anybody else that we need to give shout outs or thanks to? Uh, again, just uh, we've mentioned them before, but just uh, as a final shout out, at least from my end. So obviously, thanks to Dan Paul, to Sour Kool-Aid Mom, Ezekiel the Third, Adi Shankar, Peachy Keen, uh, Allison Keen, friend of the show. And uh, we, we, we kind of like her. She's all right. She's been on the She's show fantastic. before. She's fantastic. You take it back. She's wonderful. <laughs> She's wonderful. Thank you so much for all your support. Uh, the Cooligans, the Berserkers, pretty much everybody out there who's ever heard of Iron Face or will share Iron Face with the rest of the world. Thank you all. And we'd love to thank our patrons as well who have been with us for years and years. We really do appreciate you guys. And we want to thank Angry Metal Studios, O13 Studios, Crowded Elevator Pictures, Definitely. and Saturday Morning Cartoons LLC. That's us. That's us. Trillion Dollar Us. Oh, man. And Bobby Anthem. Yeah. And Bobby Anthem. I was saving best for last. Yeah. Saving Bobby Anthem. The voice of Iron you know, Face. Terrifying. Bobby, don't let it go to your head, this. please. Yeah. Bobby. And don't don't put a don't skin graph a metal thing on your face. Also, don't do that, That's, Bobby. Yeah, cosplay is one keep thing. It, yeah, we're gonna keep it real professional for you, friend. <laughs> we got safe, you. Bobby. Got you back on Please. This one. Well, we've talked about Bobby. You've heard him on this episode, yeah. and you can also check him out on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, along with his co-host Bobby Blades. Check him out on Twitter, i e x p underscore podcast. Bobby also has a solo show that is in that exact same Inhuman Experience stream called In Search of My Lost Soul. Give it a listen. It's really heartfelt and it's so good. And it's just such a such a perfect work. And if this, if this is your first time listening to the show, I can't recommend it enough. It's two podcasts in the same stream. It's two for the price of one. It's a BOGO. Love a BOGO. Get them anywhere. Yeah, love a BOGO. Get them anywhere, the podcasts that you listen to them, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere else. Dave, what do you got going on? Oh, you know. <laughs> Just emailing everybody about this Kickstarter. Basically, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, Kickstarter for the next few weeks here. It's going to run the month of October. Should mention that you guys have to get over there to the Kickstarter and uh, check out the reward tiers and the perks that you can get. There's a lot of really cool, fun stuff. If you just want a physical copy of the comic, it's not that expensive. Uh, you can check that out. And uh, you have until the end of the month, Halloween, to do so. As for and me, just remember, yeah. there's one issue of the comic book, and you have to pay a dollar, and you have to rent it. You got to rent it. Dance, exactly. Dance crowd. <laughs> that's how this works. That's how this works. Socially distant, it's how but works. it's how business works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, man, still over at Collider.com. Uh, I am now a Twitch affiliate, uh, apparently. Yeah. Dr. MD, also on Twitter at Dr. MD, and still the co-author of The Science of Breaking Bad from MIT Press. Uh, does not feature Iron Face, but maybe I'll change that with an addendum. Mm. What's going on with you, bud? Man, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X, exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You might be wondering, how does this work in a pandemic? Mm. Don't worry. We got you covered. Uh, shows happen every other week. You can find tickets and times. It's all free, and it's streamed on our Facebook Live. You don't even have to have Facebook Live. Mm. You can just search Washington Improv Theater Facebook Live and just go to that link. You can find all the tickets and times about our schedule with dc.org. As always, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Had a lot of people reach out to me lately, and I know that I put this caveat in more recent episodes, which has been great. If you're a fan of the show and you start following me, just say that you're a fan of the show. I will engage and talk with you right away. I'm not a weirdo, like a lot. I mean, I'm still a weirdo, but like, don't worry about it. Speaking of weirdos, you can also check out my completely improvised comedy podcast that I have that's called The Bureau. If you've ever listened to Earwolf's uh, show that they have about the teacher's lounge, the Bureau is the same concept, but it's for four people that are actually working within the Federal Bureau of Investigation. In New Jersey. FBI, in, in the township of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> in the district of New Jersey. 
So you can check it out anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We are we just started actually releasing season three. Nice. And we have had guests on this latest season. And uh, my lovely wife and friend of the show, Melanie Harker, is a guest that's on season three, episode two. Super cool. She's fantastic. Check it out. Uh, it's with also friends of the show that we've had, Isabel Galbraith and Jamal Newman and our other friend, Jesse Chimes, who they all do a wonderful job. So you can check that out for free anywhere you listen to podcasts. Want to support us? We would normally plug our Patreon, but go over to our Kickstarter. Yeah. Come on, please. <laughs> Where are those $100,000? We're going to need them, not for the cartoon, but for the series, you know, because we for want Sean that. And me personally. Yeah, yeah. eventually. Yeah. No, I don't want any money on this. I just, I want to make other people happy with this. Stuff. That would be nice. It's, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, don't have money to be able to contribute to our Kickstarter. Don't worry. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about the show. We're going to be talking about Iron Face for the entire month of October anyway. And it's spooky. And we're in Fangoria. So just bring some friends over. Yeah. We would love to chat it's with everyone. Right. We're cool about it. We'll be cool about it. Don't worry. We're not too weird. Again, slide into our again, DMs you had to Twitter. say we're not weird. Yeah, you know what? I say it, and now I feel weird about yeah. it. So thanks for calling me out on my BS. Anytime. <laughs> thanks. Slide into our DMs on Twitter, at Morning Tunes. Just remember, it's Morning With You. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, Saturday Morning Cartoons. And drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all of the links that we've talked about, even a list of all of the episodes that we have ever had on the podcast itself. It's all in the link tree, which is in the bio for all of our social media sites. You can even recommend a cartoon. First-time listener, you want to recommend a cartoon, go check the list, see if we've done it. Then come back and then tell us to watch it. If you call in, we legally, as per cartoon law, have to rate and review it. We do. So, Make us do our jobs. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. I don't know why I said pancakes. It went up in New England all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) We went to the town of New Jersey, which is apparently outside of Boston. I'm going to crawl into the tombstone that's behind you and just take a a nap. No time for flowers. So, Oh, boy. That's it from us at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Don't be weird about it. I'm already going to be weird about it. Don't worry about that. I got you covered. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.